What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Hannah Briel. And on today's episode, I sat down with Kate Henley, integrative health and nutrition coach, to talk about what she's currently up to. As of very recently, Kate is affiliated with Rhapsody Fitness as she is leading their nutrition program. And she is doing work for Three Seeds Wellness, a holistic wellness studio in West Ashley. Kate grew up as a competitive figure skater. And when she got to college, she put a lot of pressure on herself to perform at a certain level at all times. And she ended up developing an eating disorder, and she tells us her life-changing story of treatment and recovery. If you're listening to this episode, and if you're struggling with some of the issues that Kate mentions, you are not alone. You can get help. If you need support, resources, or treatment options for yourself, or you know a loved one struggling with an eating disorder, call or text 800-931-2237. Everyone, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. On today's episode, we have Kate Henley, Integrative Health and Nutrition Coach. Welcome, Kate. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to get to know you and your story. Can we talk first about what it is you do, what your life has been looking like recently, what you're currently up to. Oh, I love that question. Let's just start. What my life has been looking like. Um, Yeah, so my whole motto for October has just been October energy, like the shift into fall. And I feel like everyone really felt like there was some sort of like weird... September slump where people are like, okay, we're coming off summer, like summer, it moves fast, like the sun's out, you've got a lot of plans, things going on, and there's just like this buzz, especially in Charleston, you know? Um, And then September hits, and it's like, okay, like the seasons are changing, like it gets a little slower. Um, And September for me was was huge in that way, and that like, I I really just started full-time in this integrative nutrition and health coaching role in April. Um, so built, built, built in the spring, the summer was like, boom, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, busy, lots of things going on. And then September hit and there were some changes and things slowed down. And I was like, well, what, what are we doing here? Like, what do I want to do? What is my voice? Like, what is my position in the community? How do I really want to continue to help people and help my clients? Um, so October has been nice because it kind of gave me this chance to like use some of that September stillness. Um, yeah and really kind of buckle down and say all right like like, let's make some big moves here in October so I um I still see clients one-on-one um you know we can talk more about that but I have a lot of like private clients that I work with um with holistic health and nutrition needs um and then shifting into um, being done with school so I'm back to school over the summer um, to take my board exam at the beginning of the year so that ended and I'm like all right I've got some extra time on my hands um, and really looking into some areas and people here to get involved with um, so now currently affiliated with Rhapsody downtown Yay! yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rhapsody Fitness you heard it here first big announcement um, so I will be taking over their nutrition program um, effective now 
really. Um, so building out some really, really awesome stuff there for them. Um, and then I also am doing some work for Three Seeds Wellness in West Ashley, which is this really lovely, like holistic wellness studio. Um, they have a lot of good foundation in fertility work, um, but they'll, I mean, they see and treat anyone, but I will be kind of working on the fertility team there um, with the nutrition and health aspect in conjunction with um, massage therapist, acupuncturist, um, and Dr. Cece Carter, who you just had yes. on the podcast, functional med doctor, and the owner there is Becca. Um, and we just kind of put all of that into play in the last two weeks. So there's oh, wow. been a lot going on. That's um, always in October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. feel like August and September are these weird limbo months. Yes. And it's like, we're like, what do we do? Like, how do we spend our time? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because our whole lives, August and September, are like transitioning to going yes. back to school. Yep. And you're like, okay, something is changing. Mm-hmm. But now in this like grown up life where like work is a thing, grown up life, it's just like, okay, you want like things. You're like, oh, it's going to change, but then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it's just still August, and then it's still September. And it's like we expect it. I felt the same way. Yeah. Um, and now, oh, my God, October is, like, crazy. <laughs> I don't know why. It's always crazy full. Yeah. And then you have – I think it's because November you got Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. December you got Christmas, so it's like, well, you better get all your events in. Get it done. And then everyone just hibernates, and then January starts. explodes. Yep. Yeah. I know. And everyone said the same thing. I So many of my clients were all like, we just kind of feel slow and stuck and a little mm-hmm. icky. And it was great because I, I love being able to relate. Like, there's nothing I love more than being able to, like, no, I'm there with you. Like, I get it. I have been there. Um, so kind of walking that walk and being like, all right, well, we got we to gotta use this. Like, we, mm-hmm. if we don't lean into a little bit of silence, a little bit of still, a little bit mm-hmm. of time to, like, let things settle. And, like, where do we grow? Where do we change? And how do we understand, like, who we are and how we're showing up? Um, so being able to sit with that in September was a really good challenge for me and not give up or bail or just mm-hmm. grabbed, you know, I think our gut reaction when things feel like that is to just clean, you know, we grab to things that feel safe or secure. Um, and that, that could be a job, that could be a relationship, that could mm-hmm. be a, a bad habit, something that we've leaned on in the past. Um, that's not necessarily the most healthy or helpful thing. Um, so to kind of sit with it and be like, you know what, I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to underreact and I'm just going to ride this and stay mm-hmm. committed and steady. Here we are. Like, October, here we are. are. It's always, like, the stillness comes before the storm. Mm -hmm. Like, you almost get really nervous. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, like, things are really slow. Is it going to be like this permanently? Yeah. And then a month later, you look back and you're like, oh, like, that was just preparing me for this huge storm that's coming right now. Yeah. Can you tell me about your background and kind of your story and what what got you into this world? Yeah, definitely. Um, So, I grew up... Um, a competitive athlete and, and that was from age four honestly my parents were like great you can dance but you're also gonna do taekwondo like if you want to dance you gotta be well-rounded so like let's try taekwondo so like that was the thing that made you well-rounded <laughs> yeah, they're taekwondo, like, yeah they're like taekwondo dance like try a little it. soccer try a little t-ball um t-ball. you know all of the things which was great like I got just got so much exposure um and got to like develop this fun relationship with being active um but I was six and I went to a birthday party at the Carolina Ice Palace and fell in love with figure skating, which was a very random sport for a little girl from South Carolina. Um, but we have the Ice Palace. Yeah, we have the Ice Palace. So I was a competitive figure skater for a long, long time, um, all the way up through high school. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a sport where once you say you're in it, you are in it. Um, and your coaches and your parents are, are fully there to get you to where you want to go. And that's, you know, top of the top nationals and Olympics. Um, so it was a really, really regimented schedule and lifestyle. Um, a lot of pressure on me um, and my body and how I performed and how I showed up mentally and physically. Um, so I grew up really quickly. That was through six. Yeah, I started at six. Yeah. Um, and did it through high school. So I grew up like really quickly with that sport and I fell in love with it and I learned a lot and you know there's a lot that I look back on and I'm like wow I would never change that and it's also really interesting to kind of be at this point in my life and be like wow if I had the mindset I do now how, like what would I really have accomplished mm. then um but I just fell in love with with movement and what it can do um you know in all aspects of life so I really was committed to being some sort of like physical therapist or athletic trainer and travel with the sports team or just impact a lot of lives. And I thought that movement and fitness would be the way that I 
did it. Um, and so I went to college with this whole mindset of I'm going to be physical therapist or whatever mm-hmm. that looked like. So I was in medical school. Yeah, yeah like I just like think you and I knew do. that I loved people. I knew that I wanted to help mm-hmm. people. Um, and I'm like, okay, like these are my skills. That's what I'm good at. So like this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's a crazy point to be out in life anyways, an 18 year old and trying to make oh my life. Like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Choose a major. <laughs> right. Like, like uh, make life exercise. Just... Science sounds cool. Mm, yeah. I like to exercise. Yeah. I like science. That makes sense. No. Uh, yeah. So I was like, that's what I'm doing. So I went to school, East Carolina, um, which is Greenville, North Carolina. And I was there for two years. And that's literally all it took for my life to just blow up because I had been living in these like boxes and mindsets of like, this is who I'm supposed to be. This is how I'm supposed to show up. This is what's expected of me. Um, and, and that wasn't even always my parents. So it was just a lot of pressure I put on myself. Um, to perform and be of a certain level at all times. Um, so I got to school and I was miserable and I was just trying to be somebody I wasn't and pushing myself to do all these courses and make great grades and join a sorority and clubs and just be everywhere all the time. Um, and deep down I was like, you know, I I think I hate this major. I don't even think I like the school. Do I want to be in a sorority? Is this who I am authentically? Um, but Again, you're 18, 19, and nobody's really taught you how to articulate that. No, you don't know who you are. No, you have no idea. And you don't know that there's, like, resources and ways to go about getting help or talking about it or figuring out, like, is this normal? Because everybody else is also in that same, like, cookie-cutter mindset Mm -hmm. of, like, this is just what we're all supposed to do. This is what you do. Yeah. You join a sorority. You do this major. You do every extracurricular. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That's how it goes. So I... um, Developed a really, really unhealthy relationship with exercise, of course, um, because it was something I loved, but it was also a way to just like run away from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was so obsessed with being successful and and perfect and wanting to live out kind of this fantasy I had in my head, that that made me really hard on my body and my performance levels during the day, whether that was school or working out. Um, and next thing I knew, I was working out all the time. You know, working out for class, working out. For fun, working out to punish myself. It was your whole life. It was my whole life. Um, and that developed a really crazy relationship with food and not knowing what to eat, when to eat, how to eat. So the answer was just don't eat. Like mm. just, you know, don't. Because um, it was too much to to deal with. And it was easier to numb out and kind of fill that hole and anxious thoughts of, you know, being obsessed with being perfect with just working out and not, not eating. Um, and that quickly made me very very sick <laughs> a very very sick um young adult and I I made it through sophomore year somehow literally somehow and I came home um, my family was in Charlotte at the time and I got this internship with this sports performance facility a lot of Panthers trained there my brother trained there um with his baseball team and I was just like jazz like, this is gonna be great I'm gonna be at the gym all the time mm-hmm. like I'm gonna be at home but it's gonna be perfect because I'm gonna be at the gym and nobody's gonna know that I have this problem um and I'm gonna keep I'm just gonna keep doing it nobody's gonna find out and it's gonna be great um and that that lasted maybe about a month before mm-hmm. my mom was like yeah no this, this isn't working. Um, what did she see? A lot of habits that just weren't like me. Like um, lying. Mm-hmm. Lying, being really deceitful, like not being clear. Um, and I, there were a lot of physical changes. And I think that was harder, you know, as a parent and a friend, even my friends, like they wanted to say something and they wanted mm-hmm. to ask. And it was also like, just am I a bad friend for asking? Am I a bad parent for not noticing? Or, you know, do I need to give her the space to like work through this? And... That's also another huge piece. Like these disorders and things that happen like this are not commonly accepted or talked about for people involved, even the families, friends, spouses, parents, to know that there's also resources for them and like ways to go about making sure that there's support for everyone involved. And there's a lot of guilt and like, did I cause this? Mm -hmm. And um, should I have asked questions sooner or, you know, found this out sooner? So she tried to like, ask you know are are you working out too much like what did you eat today mm-hmm. um I want to see x y and z at the store and then in the fridge and then into your body before you go to work and before you go work out um and all that did was make me resent her mm-hmm. and want to lie more or or hide things or I would take food but throw it away yeah, I did just, it, I did it. yeah just awful and it was this whole c- cyclical thing all summer um, and all I did was get sicker and we had some really hard conversations and, you know, there's a lot of times she sat me down and was like, it's very clear that you cannot do these things that I've asked. And, 
Um, you know, do we need to start going to see someone? So I started like therapy and meeting with like nutrition counselor and, um, it was the center for balanced living and I still keep in touch with them. They're great. They're in Charlotte and working through some things. And I just couldn't, like, I just could not, I was so deep into that cycle and into those behaviors and into the disorder that I couldn't change it even if I wanted to. Like we were just past the point. Um, and my mom was like, I, I don't feel comfortable sending you back to school in the fall like this. Like if we can't get some very serious progress and strides done, like you're not going back in the fall. Um, and I had started feeling really sick. Like I had had a lot of, other than like the very visible symptoms of like extreme weight loss. I was very pale. Like I lost a lot of hair. Um, I bruised really easily, but, um, internally it was a mess and I, I was having a lot of heart palpitations. I was having a lot of stomach problems. Um, your body shutting down. Yeah. My body was shutting down, totally shutting down. But of course I wasn't telling anybody. So we, um, had had a couple of doctor's appointments and we had started those discussions of, okay, you know what, we might be at the point where you need to go somewhere, um, and go to treatment at a center in North Carolina. So we, we had started the application process and talking to some of these places and like, you know, what, let's do three months somewhere. We'll put off school for a little bit. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So you're we, like 19, 20? Yeah, I was 19, exactly. 19, 20. This was like 2012. Um, and so all of that was in motion. And I was, you know, I had, I had finally broken down and said, I can't do this by myself. I can't, I can't fix this even if I wanted to, you know, going and talking about it is helpful, but I still do not feel capable of then coming home and being able to make these changes by myself. And, you know, I can't, can't live at home forever. My mom can't babysit me all day long. You know, she's got to go to work too. So what is the answer here? And that was going somewhere. Um, and I had a couple of doctor's appointments and just like regular checkups to kind of get me ready to go. Um, and I was at the dermatologist one day, very random, like should have just been in and out. They were like removing something and they gave me a shot. It had epinephrine in it just to like numb the site. And my heart was too weak to handle the shot, like literally too weak to handle it. And I went out on the table and we thought, we thought at first that I had like just fainted. Like we we weren't sure. And I remember like laying on the table, I'll never forget this, but like laying on the table and all of a sudden everything just went like dark. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very much aware that I, I wasn't alive or present, but I was still very much aware of like my body and that it was warm and white. And then next thing I knew I was back. And, but when I came to, um, it was like a huge deep breath. Like my body restarted and like my heart beat was super loud and fast. And I took this long, deep breath and kind of opened my eyes. And I remember seeing my mom's face and like the doctors and the nurse, like rushing around, but I couldn't talk. Like I couldn't articulate what had happened. And I was just laying there like, Oh my God, like, did I, did like my heart just stop beating? Like that's, is that, is that what just happened to me? Um, I ended up in the hospital and we found out that it did. Oh my god! It stopped for like good. I think it was like ten seconds um, that day, and I was in the hospital for a full month. And I think when they admitted me, like my resting heart rate was twenty four. Oh, jeez! Um, and I was on bed rest. I wasn't allowed to get out of bed for like the first two or three weeks. Um, I was hooked up to all these monitors. I was on a crazy. At first, I was on this like crazy crazy diet where I couldn't have like sodium sugars caffeines mm-hmm. and things because they were worried that it was gonna like knock my heart out of rhythm again um and then once I kind of moved out of that phase and we got my heart rate a little bit more stable we found out the treatment centers wouldn't accept me until my heart rate was at a even higher like a little bit more of a stable level obviously yeah. um so I was in the hospital confined to bed um and it was a really amazing experience in some ways but it was honestly awful um in a lot in a lot more ways um being in the hospital for that long and having a hospitalized approach to that kind of care was interesting like I had a lot of really great physicians um but then I also like had the psychiatrists and you know psychologists and people who are just like pushing all these drugs at me because you know they're like oh you're crazy or we need to you know like you know that whole mindset of like we got to calm down the thoughts like we have to fix you we got to calm down the anxious thoughts or these you know these the voices quote unquote that you're battling or you know the issues with food the issues with your body the you know the way that you're feeling we can quiet these down with like these drugs and then I had a nutritionist who you know at the time I hated because they were like feeding me Olympic sized meals all day. And like I had babysitters and, you know, trying to make sure that I was getting all the nutrients that I needed. Um, and it was, I mean, it was grueling. It was grueling. I was in a bed all day long with all these people coming in and out 
ask me questions. You have like no me. control. No control. You have no control um, other than what you're able to tell to your parents. And thankfully my mom, I mean, she lived there. She was a great oh, advocate yeah. for me um, and what I needed and how I felt and, and sticking up for me with, with a lot of physicians. But you, you don't. You have no control. You literally have no control. Um, and we were finally able to get me to a stable place to where this one treatment center just outside of Asheville would take me in. Um, and they were amazing because they being outside of, of Asheville, they have this just awesome approach to life. Um, a lot of holistic care, a lot of amazing different styles of treatment. Uh, but I was moved there for three months and we, learned how to go grocery shopping we learned how to garden like there was yoga there was art there was reiki massage like we got to work with all different types of therapists and all different types of modalities of therapy um and there was still like the very clinical approach like we would get bus to go see this psychologist who literally would talk to you for five minutes and then just rip off the prescription pad of like different pills and if you didn't like these pills or they made you sick like well here's two more to try or here's three more to try and you'd have to like you know put them in the little cup and pop your pills every night and just Mm. hope that your body handled it well um yeah so I really learned I learned a lot then that I I didn't realize that you know that it would all come to fruition now just in terms of what is out there like what is out there for that type of support that type of care what is talked about what isn't what's considered crazy what's considered normal like there there's just no real standard um or real awareness and communication around like how to support people who are struggling with something that that isn't cancer, that isn't like strep throat, you know, like how strep do we, throat. you know, like how COVID. do we, yeah, the COVID, the flu, like all of those things, of course, could be approached from so many different methods, but like looking at someone who has an addiction or even just some sort of mood disorder or anxiety or depression, OCD, whatever it is, like it's just it's so faux pas, you know, um, mm-hmm. and you're pushed into all of these awful, just like clinical settings and drugs and things to just fix you or put a bandaid on it or quiet it down. Um, and I was like, wow, there is only access to this if you are of a certain financial status mm-hmm. or if you're at least blessed enough to like be aware and have access to these things, which thankfully through my parents and people, like I did have access to them. There's a lot of people that don't and know that they exist and that you have these options and that you can choose different things. Um, and so once I kind of came through my healing and tried to get myself back into society and figure out how to be a 20 something year old girl mm-hmm. living her life, going to school and like, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? How do I want to help people? And how am I going to eat food and be normal in life again, quote unquote normal. Um, you know, that always just stayed with me, like in the back of my mind of like, how do we change this? Like, how do I take what has happened to me and what I've learned and what I've experienced and try to create change? Um, and, but also stay healthy myself. So for a while I was like, I'm not going to work in fitness. I'm not going to do anything that has to do with fitness or food. I'm just going to go to school and I'm going to major in communications or whatever it is and I'm working hospitality and I will figure that out later because I just need to learn how to eat and take care of myself and be happy with who I am and learn who I am um and through that process I just never lost that drive of there's something more not only for me but for this world of of health and wellness and how we expand it and how we take care of people um and I was like okay so what, what do I do this little girl in Charleston, South Carolina, who who's also trying to figure all of this out for herself. How do I, how do I do this? And I just started like showing up to all these gyms and studios and trying to meet people and ask questions. And you know, what, what do you do? How did you get to where you are? What is your practice? What is your philosophy? And, you know, emailing and asking for coffee dates and all these things. Mm-hmm. And just trying to like get myself out there as much as I could. Um, And that landed me in a lot of really cool positions of just like networking and getting involved with some different gyms and and different areas of wellness in Charleston Um, until I finally, I guess, 2019, um, got this position with Hilo. And they took me in and they were like, we need a studio manager. And I was just so excited like to do something different and to be back in kind of like health and wellness and figure out like, how could I make a difference there? If I could start making a difference there, then like how much further could I take this down the road? Um, so I started with Hilo and was studio manager and director of experience. Um, and I learned so much. Oh my gosh. It was just like 
totally different to get out of the corporate world Mm -hmm. um, and working in hospitality to be back in kind of what is the health and wellness scene in Charleston, quote-unquote. That could be a whole other podcast. Um, But, you know, just really wanting to, like, learn and experience, like, could I do this? Could I prove to myself that I could work in this industry and stay healthy? Um, And then start networking and making change within our community. Um, And... 2020 happened to oh, wow. all of us. <laughs> um, Talk about changing the community. Yeah, changing the community. And, you know, that little voice in the back of my head, like, even at Hilo, as much fun as I was having and I was learning, was like, you can still do more. Like, there's still more to be done here. And you love fitness and you love movement, but you also love health and people and really learning people's stories and how to empower them to use their story, to use their body, to learn about their body, to learn about their lifestyle and how it's all impacting, you know, who they are and how they're showing up every day and helping them kind of navigate those steps for themselves. Um, So I decided to go back to school, 2020, and I enrolled at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition um, and it was all online, virtual school. I did their accelerated program. So it was six and a half months. Um, and I finished that in April of this year. Nice. Yeah, Congrats. which is great. It was so great. And I just, they come from like a very integrative and functional medicine based approach. Mm-hmm. So everything's very holistic. And like, we look at the root cause. We yep. look at everything. Like the, it is not just the food on your plate. They call it um, your primary food and your secondary food. And your primary food is your, the life you live. Like everything that happens mm-hmm. in your life day to day. And then your secondary food is the food that you eat. Um, and they just have this, that whole approach to life of, of the big picture that makes you who you are and how you feel and how you show up. Um, and I learned so much, but they're, um, you know, they really prepare you to work with people one-on-one in a coaching setting, um, with health concerns, basics of nutrition, you name it. Um, a little bit of life coaching. Like that's, Oh, it's always it's, a part of it. It's always a part yeah. of it. Like it, it's all of it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, this was made for me. I get it now. Like this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so when I finished in April, some things had changed just like personally and professionally. And I was like, okay, right. Well, if I'm going to do this, like I might as well just do it. I don't know I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to keep working with these people and rip the bandaid and go full speed ahead. So I left Hilo in April. Um, and I've been meeting with clients and working, piecing it all together. Just like Charleston is really awesome. The community here, even though Charleston's growing so quickly, is small and supportive. And you know, you you network with the right the right people and in the right places. Like people will back you and believe in you. And it's really been just like word of mouth. And, oh yeah, it's and, huge. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's like your best referral. It's yeah, just like knowing people, having people know you because, like you said, like for you to be able to use your experience and use your story, like you can relate to so many people. Mm-hmm. And then just forming relationships with people, that's like, that's what you don't get in the hospitalized approach. It's yeah. what you don't get in a lot of healthcare mm-hmm. and people are craving that. Yes, absolutely. And exactly like you said, you just, you don't get that in healthcare really at all. You don't. There's no one asking you like, well, what is your life like? Like, what yeah. is your life like? I, I ask my clients every day, I'm like, I want to know when our first meeting, I'm like, I want you to take me through your day. Like from the moment you put your feet on the floor Mm -hmm. to the moment you put them back in your bed. Like what is your day like? Like what is your life like? How do you feel? Who's supporting you? Like what is your self-care like? Um, You know, what what are your health concerns? How do you feel day to day? Are you even aware? Do you even know that like some of those things that you may be feeling or or questioning are are signs and symptoms of your body trying to talk to you? And they're like, well, my body's talking to me. You know, like what? Yeah, the what? Um, and but it's not like I, you can't blame people because we're nobody teaches you that. No. Oh nobody goodness, teaches you that oh all of these things such a are a factor in how you feel and the way that you live your life and the way that food makes you feel and your body. You're comfortable with your body. Oh my god, I could go on for days, but. Yeah, it's just not it's not apparent in in healthcare or even sadly in a lot of quote unquote health or wellness settings, mm. that's also not apparent in, and I have learned that the hard way. You know, there's a very big push of like this is the picture of health and you have mm-hmm. to look this way and do these things and wear these things and drink these green smoothies and this is health and we all know that's <laughs> that's not true. So yeah, that you get it from all sides and and it's very much a um, standardized approach, which oh is God. sad. I was talking to someone yesterday about, do you remember the sit and reach test? Oh, yeah. oh my, the sit and reach the test. The presidential fitness yes. test or something like that. Mm-hmm. And 
there, I listened to a podcast, I think it was like clinical athlete or something, mm. and they were like, flexibility is actually like the only one that has no evidence to have any correlation with health long-term or mortality or morbidity. Like it just straight up doesn't matter. And the test yeah. itself is so flawed. And it's just made me think like our PE, our physical education in schools, like our health education. Like mm-hmm. I literally watched a video of some girl like giving herself a breast exam and like that might have been the extent mm, yeah. of like how to take care of yourself. Truly. Like yeah. what if our education, like what if your school you just went through, what if like 10%, mm. we took 10% of that and put it in, in education. Just like start having these children yeah. thinking so differently mm-hmm. about their bodies because like what you experienced, it isn't rare. That's for sure. Like I can think of three girls yeah that I just already know mm-hmm. that I'm like, wow, that's definitely what they were dealing with. Like so many people, especially young girls deal with that. It didn't just start as soon as you walked on the campus. Exactly. It was just waiting mm-hmm. to explode. And mm-hmm. you mentioned you were trying to put yourself in all these boxes. What boxes do you feel like you were trying to put yourself in? Yeah. And it, um, some of it I think was, boxes I created for myself because like I said it was very hard on myself but I think some of it just like we've mentioned already like the progression of life you know like Mm -hmm. you feel like you have to to be a certain way in school you know to like have the right friends and like make great grades and be an athlete or whatever you are like you're already putting yourself in these boxes you know that we feel like we have to check things off the list because like this is well I'm in high school, this is what you're supposed to do. Okay, now I'm applying to college. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And I never thought outside of, like, well, what if I quit skating and I wanted to do theater? Or, like, and, you know, I dabbled in hobbies and stuff, but it was never, like, if I didn't do these things that I thought I had to do, like, what would I pick for myself? What if I didn't go to college right away? What if I had taken the time? Or a different a different type of schooling in that meantime, you know? Um, and again, like it's just not a widely talked about or supported concept to include different styles of thinking or approaches to how we grow up. Um, and you know, and I, my brother, he took a gap year, um, and has, has made a lot of really cool decisions Mm -hmm. here lately with kind of his boxes and plans. Um, but I think we're all just so afraid of letting ourselves down or letting somebody down, um, by saying, no, this is actually what I need. Like, this is what I need for myself to be healthy or myself to be happy. Um, but again, if we're not getting that communication or support of it's okay to have these feelings, it's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to feel uncomfortable with your body. It's okay to feel scared or stressed or to battle something, you know, that if we're not getting that regular support and communication of this is normal, lots of people deal with these types of things. This is how you can approach it. This is how you can talk about it. These are resources. Then of course people are going to be miserable and in boxes and end up, you know, filling hospitals and mental health institutes because there's not literally nothing else out there for you. Yeah. And like, Mm -hmm. so many people, especially like these, these girls, they have their whole lives, routines, like, you know, you figure skated mm-hmm. and then you went to school and then you figure skated again and then you had personal training mm-hmm. and you had all this. You go to college and it's like blank slate, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh no, what do I do now? Yeah. yeah. And so then people start to make, like you said, the decisions based mm-hmm. on this identity that they thought mm-hmm. they had when they're basing their, their identity off of, I am this person, right? not anything else mm-hmm. and they're like well I, I just need to do the things that that I thought I, I was doing and like I, I remember seeing it all the time of these girls that would just never eat mm-hmm. and crush themselves like studying too mm-hmm. like I have to get a hundred on every yeah. test gotta go to medical school and also gotta go on the elliptical for two hours mm-hmm. a day before spring break mm-hmm. and there's not and like I was in a huge sorority so you imagine like the portion of people that mm-hmm. struggle with this I don't remember people coming and talking to us about that yeah, no it was like it happen. we were kind of seeing it like on council like we were like oh this is a problem mm-hmm. and I I hope that it's changed but like I assumed you had a similar experience of you're like well mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else is struggling with this yeah at what point like throughout having this eating disorder it mm-hmm. seems like there definitely was a switch at what point did you realize you you did need to change because you went from like deceiving your mom and lying mm-hmm. to, okay, like I'll start going to this treatment center. Mm-hmm. What, what 
changed? I think... I think I got... I was scared. Like, deep down, I was very scared. Like, I knew that I wasn't healthy. I knew that my body was giving me very clear signals of, like, we are not okay. Like, you are verging on some very serious stuff here. But again, I was so obsessed with what I was doing. It's a very, like, twisted, romanticizing mm-hmm. thing of, like, well, the more I give into it, the better I feel. Um, so I wasn't quite ready to, like, lose that piece of, like, but I feel good. Like, this is secure. This is happy. This is safe. This is what I know. Um, to really just be like, okay, I'm going to say I can't do this and give everything up to other people to help me make decisions. Um, but I think that as my mom continued to ask me questions and, you know, as much as at the time I might've been angry as she continued to ask and I continued to at least try to, to answer, but also to try to make small changes and me realizing that I physically could not make the changes. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't order you know, if I worked out, she'd be like, well, I want you to pick this up for dinner on your way home. Like, you're not just going to come home and eat a salad. And I would literally, like, I would freak out. I would, like, go to order mm-hmm. and I'd be like, I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't bring this home. I can't eat this. Or I would make the food and I'd be like, okay, I made it. But then I would take it with me and I would just, like, panic, couldn't eat it, throw it away. And I was like, oh, my, like, oh, my God. I can't, I can't live my life this way. I know that I cannot live my life this way. I don't know if I'm ever going to get better. I don't know how I'm going to get better. But I know I can't live my life mm-hmm. this way. And then, you know, like I said, I was having some really scary, like, physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just one day I just broke down. And I was like, I can't do this. I know that I can't do this. I don't want to live this way. It's going to be really hard. I don't know what to do, but I'm ready to try. Um, so then that kind of really kick-started that whole, that yeah. whole journey. Um, and then what did your recovery – I know you, you were in the hospital and you went to the treatment center. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, it doesn't end there. No. But what – was that initial recovery like? And what are some of the things you learned about yourself or realized? Yeah. Um, so I'm a big, and I'm a very much an open book. Um, you know, people reach out to me all the time and I love that. So like, I love to be a resource. I love to share a little bit about my story, like even with my clients. And I am the first person to tell you like recovery is an everyday journey. Like this is never for anyone a you're fixed, you're healed. It's never going to bother you again. Um, it does. It absolutely does. And I know I've learned my, I will, I will say kind of to answer that question in two parts there. Um, what I learned about myself is what my triggers are. Like mm. what makes me resort to those behaviors? What about my life, the way that I live it or the way that I structure it, the way that I overplan, or mm. try to do too many things or put too much pressure on myself? Like what about me then makes me want to react in that way? And then I'm like, okay, well, if I know those things about myself, then this is what my day needs to look like. This is what my self-care needs to look like. This is who I need to make sure I'm really communicating with that they know like, hey, I'm struggling or this is an area where I kind of feel like a little icky about, you know, here lately, you know, I'd love some help and making sure that I'm accountable to that. Like I hold myself accountable to structuring my life in a way that it is balanced and supported um, and learning, you know, kind of what those steps are for me. But again, I'm the first person to tell you like, it's an everyday journey. Like this is something I will battle the rest of my life. And I love that approach because I feel like it makes what I do and kind of this work more relatable, right? Of like, nobody's perfect. I am not perfect. My diet is never perfect. My fitness is never perfect. My mental health is certainly never perfect. Like I am an everyday, just adapting, learning, growing, loving to be like the next best version of myself. And I don't mean that of like, I'm, I'm better. I'm an A plus student today, like better in terms of like, I'm doing the hard things. I'm accepting the hard things. I'm talking about the hard things and I'm using them to fuel my fire and what I do and what I love the next day. Um, so that recovery process for me was really messy. It was really dark. Um, I feel like I changed my personality 15 million times of like, Oh, I'm going to be this person. Or I'm going to be that. And I'm going to recover. And I'm going to cut my hair. And I'm going to dye it red. And no, I'm going to move bet. here. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, recovery is hard. Like you, you go through a lot of changes. You lose a lot of friends. And mm-hmm. you meet different versions of yourself that you didn't know were there. And um, it was really hard to face some of those things and, and talk about them and learn how to love myself and love food and feel comfortable shopping, cooking, eating, going out to eat, being in relationships, having friends. And um, it's like navigating life. Yes, navigating life. As and like who you want to be, yeah, your authentic person. Yeah, definitely. And I made a lot of a lot of fun choices, a lot of crazy choices. You know, I moved back to Charleston and like I said, I switched into 
hospitality and, you know, lived here again and made all new friends and worked in food and beverage. And, you know, there were definitely points where I relapsed and it got hard again and I had to beef up like the, you know, the times I was going to therapy or, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the nutrition changes or the meal plans. But I, at my core, never let myself lose sight of this is not the life I want to live. Like I was put here for a really big purpose. I was put here to have a big, beautiful, magical life. And I'm not going to let food or my body hold me back from that. Like at my core, I know who I am and I'm going to keep fighting for her. And that's why I still tell myself that every day. Like I'm every day I have to remind myself like this is what I'm here. This is what I'm doing. And I'm not going to let food or my body or pressure of being freaking perfect. Mm -hmm. slow me down, you know, how you mentioned with like, with starting back into the fitness world, like for a while you took a break and then you went to Hilo. How do you make sure now that you are in the health and nutrition mm-hmm. and fitness world, like how do you stay healthy? Yeah. Um, I love that question. So I, it's like a buffer almost. Like I just, I don't let myself internalize things too much. Like I, and maybe you schooling definitely helped with that. I have just kind of made myself more, more open to like, I know what makes me feel good. I have put in the work to learn myself and my body and what foods make me feel amazing, what foods I love to eat, what workouts feel good for me. And I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about their workouts or their food and what's really working for them. Um, But again, like I said, it's like this buffer of like, cool, that really works for you. I love that for you. Mm -hmm. I, at the end of the day, have to remind myself, like, this is what makes me feel good. And it's not easy. Like, we all... We're surrounded by it, you know, like, and you are too. Like, we're in this we're world, so even if you're not at the gym every day, like, if you're on social media at all, you're getting the latest, like, 30 day detox, buy this tea, buy, hard. yeah, yes, yeah, 75 hard, or like, you know, a gym every other month is running some sort of like 30 day challenge Six and week fat loss challenge. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I'm like, you know, I, I never will tell a client, like, I want you to do this, or I don't want you to do that. Like, I, I'm not going to say, like, don't be this, don't be that. I'm here to educate you. I'm here to answer your questions. I'm here to support you. I'm here to guide you. And if they are ready to, like, step away from that, like, meal plan of, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be keto and I'm going to do this 75-day hard and then I'm going to do this 30-day challenge. Like, if they're ready to step away from that world, then, like, let's do that. I am here for you because that's how I live my life. But, again, it's, like, I know that that's how I live my life. Yeah. I have to put in the work to understand that, like, I don't need all of those things to be healthy. You also um, have a lot of education, which, like, if we feel inundated mm-hmm. and we know the secrets to yeah. all these things, like, imagine just your average person who maybe is a communications or an accountant. Yeah. Like, they see this and they're like, well, this is what I see, so it, it must be right. It must exactly. Be true. Yeah. But this is something I think it's so hard when you're in – the health and the fitness and the wellness industry because it you came from that background. Most people in this industry mm-hmm. also do that as their hobby. Again, with the accountants, like they don't go home and like do accounting. Like they go home and they have almost like they have different things that make up their lives. And yeah. This was something I struggled with a lot a few months ago because all my friends are like into CrossFit and mm-hmm. competing and like I help people move and get back to working out and yeah. I am dealing with a lot of other people's health and wellness and fitness journeys. My fitness was all about performance and all of my friends. And I was like, holy shit, like Mm -hmm. I don't do anything that's not related to fitness. Mm -hmm. And I almost just had to, like I had a couple best friends going to the CrossFit games and that was amazing. But I was so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with fitness that I was like, I have to stop. Like I almost have to like take a step out and realize that, like, you can be fit, you can be mm-hmm. active, you can work out, and not want anything specific from your fitness. Because yes. I was always like, you have to have a goal, or it's for mm-hmm. this competition, or it's for this. And I was like, well, can I just, like, work out? Just for me. Just, yeah. Yeah. Because it it's, makes me it's happy. an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. You kind of had, it sounds like a similar experience, like, went from a very competitive athlete. And I feel like with figure skating, like... You either do it or you don't. Exactly. There's no, like, (laughs) on Tuesdays I figure skate. It's like, no, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, I figure skate. (laughs) Went from having this, like, competitive performance-related fitness to exercise as an outlet, as an Mm -hmm. escape. Where are you now? And and how did that come to be? Yeah. I love what you said. Like, if I, I tattoo that in some form somewhere of, like, 
it doesn't have to be performance based, right? Like we don't have to set a goal. It doesn't have to be to achieve anything other than just being happy. Um, and I am obviously, I'm sure you can all tell by now, like a very naturally competitive, like performance driven person. Mm-hmm. That's just how I am in life. Um, so it can be hard for me to just be like, I'm going to go for a run for fun or I'm going to go to this class for fun. Um, so now fitness for me, um, I've kind of shifted into this more like instead of being competitive, I'm going to take that need for like a little bit of like competitive and edge and use that, like channel it into pushing myself to do something new. Hmm. Um, so I've been really trying to like get out of my comfort zone and not feel like, Oh, I'm just going to run because I'm a great runner. I'm going to see how fast I can be. Like I want to learn different types of movement. Like I want to do some more gymnastics based work at, you know, at Rhapsody because I've never done that before. Or I want to, get upside down and be on my hands and, um, or try different lifts and things. So I really try to channel it into more of like, let's be creative. Like let's have fun. Let's be okay with failing. Right. Because with mm-hmm. a lot of that, like trying something new and, and even for people who don't work out every day, like walking into a gym, any type of gym, trying a new exercise, getting yourself out of your car to go do yoga. I mean, for a lot of people it seems really scary. Um, so I think pushing yourself in a way that's fun and challenging and brings in like new community, new friends, new movements is amazing for you, like mind, body, and spirit wise. So I really try to put myself in that realm now of like doing something new, doing it with friends and just being able to like laugh. And if I fall, I fall. I'm going to get back up and I'll try again. There's definitely like a level of vulnerability that's required when you're starting something new, which is like why, like you know, a lot of people struggle as adults mm-hmm. to start working out. But like we're, we're like kids on the playground, yeah. you know, but adults were like, no, like I don't. Yeah. I don't want to fail. Do like, I, do. I don't want good. everyone yeah. to watch me like fail this lift or like fall on my mm-hmm. ass or like, but you, as soon as you walk in the door, like most places are like, you know, we get it. And like, we're all just learning mm-hmm. and back to like what you were saying about goals in my job, obviously like all of it is goal oriented. Mm-hmm. And I always ask people like, what do you want your life to look like in six months from now? Like, what are your goals? What, what does success look like for you? And, mm-hmm. A lot of people have very, you know, numbers, performance-related goals, and that's totally fine. And a lot of people struggle with, well, I don't really have any goals. And I think people should realize that your goal can be that you are just consistently moving. Mm -hmm. And you are consistently working out because it's become, obviously, like a habit in our lives that we almost struggled not having a performance goal because we're just consistently going. Mm -hmm. But for most people, like, your goal should just be that four or five days out of the week, three to five days out of the week, you have an exercise, something like you are just moving yeah. and that, and keeping that goal forever and just mm-hmm. being consistent. Like that is okay. We don't Absolutely need okay. these like PRs and these mm-hmm. races. And that was like, like a year ago, if you talk to me, I would be like, no, everyone should have this kind of goal. Mm-hmm. And like me realizing for myself, how much that like affected me yeah. made me realize all of the other goals that you Mm -hmm. can have. Definitely. I have a client. She just, I love this. I stole it. Um, and she, we've been working together for a long time and she has like big goals. Like she has weight loss goals. She has fitness goals, social goals, like all these things that we work on in our sessions. And you know, we we checked in the other day and I was like, okay, well like, where are we? Like, let's, let's recommit. Like we're almost at the end of the year. Like, you know, you've been doing this, you've been feeling this way. She was like, honestly, where I'm at now, she's like, my overall goal, I just want to be kind to myself. And she's like, and I mean that in all ways. And I was like, Wow, like, yes, I love that. Like, when we're setting goals, we let them get to the point where they can be mm-hmm. really harmful, really harmful, and you you set yourself up for, like, oh, I was good or I was bad. I did this right and I did this wrong. And she was like, my goal is to just be kind. I'm like, I want to be kind to myself how I approach my food. I want to be kind to myself how I approach my social life and checking in with myself and how I talk to myself. And I was like, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to write that down for me because yes. I think everyone, like, Set goals, like set intentions, but like deep down, you need to be kind to yourself and how you honor them and how you're getting there in that process. Because great, you could crush that goal, but if you've just like beaten yourself up and torn yourself apart the whole way, what are you actually achieving, you know? And all Uh, those goals are meant to be good for us. mm -hmm. So like, don't let the goal take the goal away from the goal, which is doing something that's good for you, Mm -hmm. makes you feel good. It's being kind to yourself, accomplishing it's like now this goal becomes this like little devil on your shoulder mm-hmm. that's like, well, you got to get this, you got to th- get this. And, and that was never the point. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who is very performance 
oriented for fitness and is trying to do fitness for just fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I like to challenge really anyone that comes to me with they're very performance based because this is something I had to learn for myself. Um, and we've already kind of referenced it a couple of times today, uh, to unlearn some of that self-talk. So I really challenge people to keep a journal of like how many times they refer to themselves as good or refer to themselves as bad or doing something right or doing something wrong or getting quote back on track or I need to go to the gym today for what reason or Mm. I'm doing this today for what reason and really trying to lean into that pattern of talk that they have with themselves and like why are they making the choices that they're making and it's kind of funny because you you know you have them do that for like a week or so and they're like wow, I'm really like, I'm going to the gym because I feel like I have to for Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. You know, maybe it's muscle or maybe it's because they have friends that they feel like they're in some weird, you know, competition with where it's like, well, they, you know, PR this the other day. So Mm -hmm. no, I feel like I have to. It's like their identity Um, again. Yeah. Again, it's, yes, their whole identity and this mindset of like, what is good? What is bad? What is, you know, acceptable to them in their realm of, you know, whatever that goal is. Uh, where does it come from? And I'm like, I, I, I would love for you to go in there and crush that PR if you can look at these ways that you're talking to yourself and the ways that you're acting. And it is coming from this place of like just authentic, like I know myself, mm-hmm. I love myself. Like this is a very healthy way for me to channel this. Nine times out of ten, they realize like, oh wait, I really would be much happier taking oh, yeah. three days of the week to go do this mm-hmm. um, or to rest. And I don't know how to rest. Or there's hobbies and things that haven't gotten attention in years because I've shut that piece of me off because I've been so focused on this good, bad, right, wrong mentality that has to, need to, should. Yeah. So I, I'm big on like the homework of like doing some journaling, doing some writing, like listening, just like listening to yourself again, listening Mm -hmm. to yourself. How do you talk to yourself? What is your body saying? How do you feel? Where's that coming from? Because you're really not going to be able to set intentions or goals or get to know yourself at all until you understand how you're talking to yourself. How you don't feel realize, about it. like, I would never <laughs> talk to you the way that I talk to me. Right. Nobody, yeah, you would not be friends with yourself. I, I should talk to me the way that I talk to my dog. Yeah. Because, unless they're, like, barking. I'm like, y'all are the most beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Like, I love you so much. You're amazing. Yeah. How are you? But yeah. to me, I'm like, you should go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And there's also, like, the other token. I guess there's two sides of it. You have these people that exercises are stress relief. Mm-hmm. How do we approach that? Like, how do we feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. Because... Exercise is your stress relief. Well, then there's a few problems. What mm-hmm. happens if you can't exercise? Does that mean you don't have any other ways to relieve stress? And also, exercise is a stressor. Mm-hmm. So now, like, what kind of exercise are you doing? Are you just ramping up the response all in all? And then, the so the another end of the spectrum is, like, now what I'm struggling with, because I have so many amazing people that are, like, you don't have to work out every day. You should rest. Mm-hmm. Do these things. You got a lot going on. What happens if you just stop working out yeah. completely? Like that's not a happy medium either. Mm-hmm. How do you like? What advice would you give to those people who feel so swamped that they can't even motivate themselves to you know work out three days a week? Yeah. Um, so again, like I mentioned, that whole like primary food before you even get to the secondary food thing. Um, I. That's why the first consultation, like, I love to know what their life is like, like, right? Like, how, what is, what are their days like? What are their hobbies? What are the things that they're doing? What are things that they love that they're not doing? And if you can just take the time, and I think it's it's hard to do it with yourself, but if you can sit with someone and just genuinely be open and honest and say, like, this is what my life looks like right right now. Honestly, I can tell you how I got here. Like, I don't know how I'm in this routine of this is what I do five days a week, seven days a week, and I don't have time for myself. And these are things that I used to love, but I don't love anymore. And asking those questions and then being able to sit down and say like, okay, well, if we shifted this piece, if we moved this piece, if you checked in here, like how could we adjust this day, this week, whatever that looks like to you get 20 minutes of physical activity, if that's what you need, or it's 20 minutes of being able to like read a book or do a hobby that you love, or spend time with your kids, or like get outside. And for half the people I work with, it's just like they need twenty minutes to just go sit in the sun, like take mm-hmm. your lunch and go go somewhere else, um, or to understand that it's okay to shut their phone off at eight p.m. and take a bath and then watch a TV show. Like we also have that mentality of like mm-hmm. it's it's we can't just do nothing. Um, 
So I, I tailor it to each person definitely and like mm-hmm. their specific needs. But I, again, just a big proponent of looking at the big picture mm-hmm. and understanding that there is no right or wrong or good or bad. But if this, this is not measuring up to like your level of true health and happiness and like where do the shifts need to happen? Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's food. I don't care if it's exercise. I don't care if it's, you know, family time and boundaries. Like where do these shifts need to happen mm-hmm. for you to then have time for yourself? Um, in a healthy way. And, and just like you said, you know, it can't be too much of anything. It can't be too much exercise. Mm. Even if exercise is just stress relief, like too much exercise, we all know that increases stress levels in your body. So, um, education and asking mm-hmm. the right questions to make sure that people understand, like, it's not going to be perfect and it doesn't have to be exercise every day or salads mm-hmm. every day. Oh my gosh. Where did that even come from? This, yeah. Well, I eat a salad and I'm like, what about that is makes you healthy like mm-hmm. I get it like you have vegetables but like yeah we can, that's yeah. again mm-hmm. honestly having a podcast about salads is probably <laughs> we talked about this a little bit already but what is it like to work with you like what is your process mm-hmm. like how can people get started and and what can they expect I know it's different for everyone yeah yeah so um obviously now you can find me there you can find me at Rhapsody which will be that through the gym and like through their process um, the wellness studio is the same way, but like one-on-one, um, you know, the people that work with me now, I, I love how it's always, always my favorite thing to hear, like kind of how people find me. So, um, word of mouth friends getting involved with the community. So I get a lot of referrals from like therapists, mm-hmm. um, you know, some doctors in the area, some gyms and things like that. Um, I've also like shared my story really openly. So I get, you know, people that reach out that want to work with me for body image and like mm-hmm. eating disorder related questions and things like that, which I love. Um, but it's easy. So there's a, um, link in my Instagram bio and it takes you to like all of my like forums and kind of about me and bio and stuff. But, um, yeah, I usually offer a 30 minute consultation for everyone free. Um, and that way it gives me a really good idea of kind of their lifestyle, what they're looking for, um, how they found me, what their questions are. I explain how I work, um, which is a one-on-one basis. So I work with all my clients one-on-one, um, especially in the beginning, um, the first probably five, six sessions, it's a full hour. Um, depending on what the client's needs are, we can drop to like 45 minute, 30 minute check-ins, but most everyone, we keep it an hour, um, and it's all in depth, like individualized programming to be what that person needs it to be. Um, and, you know, I mentioned I have a lot of like eating disorder recovery realm, which is a totally different mm-hmm. um, piece of like emotional and like mental work. And then also kind of like embracing food and food relationships in their life. And then I have people that are just like, I just want to learn how to eat cleaner or a little bit better or develop a, an eating habit that aligns with, you know, my body and activity level. So then we dig into like what their days are like and their goals and, and giving, you know, recipes and ideas that fit their lifestyle. Um, you know, and then I have a lot of people that are sometimes it's food, sometimes it's life, sometimes it's fitness. Like, you know, it's a really good mix and I don't like, I won't turn anybody away for just wanting to talk about food or just wanting to talk about like their body and their life. Like I really welcome it all. Um, the only thing I don't do is like prescribe. I don't diagnose. Like I work, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I get a lot of referrals from therapists, from doctors, um, you know, who they come to me with their lab results and this testing and they say like, okay, now how do I take this piece of paper and apply it to my life? Like, what does Mm -hmm. this mean? And how can I put a plan in place that will hold me accountable and help me make like healthier changes? Mm -hmm. Um, which I love doing. So it's really in depth and I, I'm not a band-aid kind of girl like I'm never gonna be like yeah just do this for 30 days here you go um I don't follow anyone like diet plan you know plant-based keto vegan whatever you want to be whatever come to me with your questions we can talk about it but I'm never gonna prescribe that Mm -hmm. um I really welcome it all and I'm down to talk about it all um I have clients that like their scales and their tracking and then I have people that hate it again I'm never gonna tell you to track or not to track like we have to figure out what works best for you at the end of the day um, so really, really heavily individualized. Yeah. You get a lot of content from me, um, resources, PDFs, recipes, shopping lists. Love it. They get to check in, call. Yeah. They, they get to know me really well. We get real close. I feel like this is the future of healthcare though. Yeah. It has to be individualized. Mm-hmm. It has to be so far from that hospitalized approach mm-hmm. where it's, it's very specific to the person it's very broad. Like, okay, yeah. sometimes we might talk about food. Sometimes we might talk about yeah. your relationship with your mom or mm-hmm. with your husband. Or it just needs to be this, like, whole person yep. approach that you you just adapt and you pivot. Because mm-hmm. 
that's what that person needs, right? Yeah. What is your ideal role in Mm -hmm. someone's health or health journey? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Oh, wow. I just want to be... So I've had many people be this for me. I... I like to think of myself as a friend and a teammate, right? So it's like, I'm going to be your friend and I'm going to support you, but I'm also your teammate in that like, I'm equally as accountable because I care about you, but I'm also going to like hold you to these standards, right? Like if you come to me and you say like, this is who I am, this is how I feel, and this is what I want, and this is what I want my life to look like, and this is who I feel like I am as a person, then I'm like, okay, I'm, uh, I love that and I'm going to support you, but I'm also going to like... I'm now like, you and I are in this together and I am holding you to that because I want you to be those things because somebody had to look at me and say like, okay girl, like you can't just sit back and say like, if you want to get past this and live this big purposeful life, like you got to do it. Like you just have to decide when you put your feet on the floor in the morning that that's what you're going to do. Um, and if it wasn't for those people in my life that just backed me in that way, um, you know, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have gotten through that and still feel confident in navigating that. Um, so in healthcare, I want them to be able to come to me with all of it and share all of it and feel comfortable to talk about literally, like you said, their relationship with their mom, their body, their family, and their significant other, and know that like, they're going to get supportive, but they're also going to be like, all right, if this is what you say you want, I'm like, let's go. Which is the best type of support. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You mentioned this before, and I want to touch on this before we close. How does our health and fitness and wellness, whatever you want to call it, community in Charleston need to change? Oh, I, so I think there needs, I love Charleston so much. It's my home and I keep saying I'm going to leave and I never leave and I don't think I will. I will never leave. Like I went through like years where I was like, maybe I'll go somewhere. No, I'm never going to leave. I love Charleston. (laughs) I think what needs to happen is there just needs to be this continuous push for a support, like just let people be who they want to be and go work out and do the things that make them feel good, eat the things that make them feel good, work out in the places that make them feel good and support each other in that just like collectively because we need all of it. Like we need mm-hmm. all the different types of foods. We need all the different types of gyms and physical activities and outlets for people. Like that is what we need. But there also needs to be this like collective voice of like, okay, if we're going to say that we're health and we're going to say that we're wellness, how do we not only better that for the people that are already involved, but the community? Like we need to make it more accessible. We need to be out there in the community saying like, we're going to make a change. Like we are going to make these resources available to everyone. This is why fitness is important. This is why mental health is important. This is why we're doing this. This is why our gym is here. And you know, I think there's a lot of like really good initiatives Mm -hmm. out there and like a lot of gyms, you know, independently will pick things, but I think it needs to look like this collective movement instead of like gym against gym Mm -hmm. or plant-based against this you know like we can't just keep pinning all of these ideas against each other um instead it needs to be like we're changing the language we're changing the approach to health and wellness and fitness and making it accessible and understand that like all of these things have to happen for people to be truly healthy and happy and understand that like we need we need access to them mm-hmm. um and make it a, something that starts at a young age all the way you know up until oh my god we're 80s and yeah. 90s um i i always feel like Especially in the last few years, like there's so many gems here, mm-hmm. but I think we need so many more. So, so many more. You yeah. Know? Like if the real goal is to help as many people change their lives, mm-hmm. improve their health, combat chronic disease and yeah. depression and all these things, like every street needs a gym. Every street needs a gym. And people just need to keep like share the stories, like talk about what's going on, talk about why you're doing it, talk about how it helps, like mm-hmm. just. this is who we are this is why like come here and this is what you're gonna get like just be real with it um you know I think the days of putting people in a bunch of like tight spandex and and making them all look a certain way with the same foods and smoothies and just saying this is health and this is fitness Mm -hmm. and this is why we do it because we all look amazing but we're inside we're miserable oh my like that's (laughs) that that, that, those days are gone those days need to be over yeah love it Mm -hmm. where can our listeners find you Yes, so you can find me Instagram at Kate Not Kate. Um, oh I'll probably gosh. never change that. That's a long story. <laughs> Another podcast. I'll probably never change it, at least for not now. Um, at Kate Not Kate. K A T E Not C A T E. Um, all my stuff is there. It's as real as it can get. I share anything and everything. My little link there for like consultations and booking and all that stuff. Um, and then obviously Rhapsody now for all the Rhapsody members and people interested in Rhapsody Fitness. And Three Seeds Wellness in West Ashley. Um, nutrition and fertility needs there too. But um, everywhere, 
all the time, literally awesome. anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, I love to talk. I'm an open book, so please, like, DM me, email me, anytime. Awesome. Kate, not Kate. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm always like... What's her last name? It's Kate, not Kate. <laughs> it's just Kate, not Kate. Yeah, that's what everyone calls me. I, I will answer to that. So, yeah, yeah great. Fine. Love it. Well, thank you, Kate, not Kate. Mm. This has been awesome. So good. Thank yeah. you, Hannah. Yes, of course, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.